The Florida Panthers lose against the Buffalo Sabres in a game that they had to get two points and they come out with nothing. And this now puts them behind the eight ball. On today's show, we're going to discuss where did the Panthers go from here and are they sellers now at the tra- at the March 12th, March 3rd trade deadline. We're going to discuss this next on Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Friday, February 24th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez, and you can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. Don't forget to also subscribe to the YouTube channel and send in your screenshot of your subscription to the Lockdown Florida Panthers YouTube channel and your five-star rating on whichever podcast app you listen to Locked On Panthers for your chance to win two free tickets to the Florida Panthers versus Chicago Blackhawks game on March 10th. Best of luck, everybody. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel is the official sportsbook partner of the Locked On Podcast ne- Network. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. So, Cats fans, this, uh, you know, after three days off for the Panthers, getting a win against Anaheim on Monday, just barely winning that one, falling behind twice, and and three days off, which in these three days off, we knew that the Florida Panthers were going to get passed with the games in hand being made up. And this was a game that was circled. For, for weeks now. Buffalo was owning the better points percentage. We knew that they were surging. We knew that their success on the road was a 180 than what they were doing at home, winning 18, now 19 games on the road, being a plus 20 goal differential after tonight. And them playing last night, the Panthers getting three days off, it was a great opportunity for the Florida Panthers to just create separation. Then they just could not too many mistakes in their in their offensive end that created rushes the other way and risky passes as well. And now the Buffalo Sabres are tied with the Florida Panthers in points with four games in hand. And this is just, just a backbreaking loss for the Panthers. And it is Friday which means it's a Fairbanks Friday edition of the show. And this is a different type of episode for Nick and myself because we didn't even do a pregame rundown. We just wanted to go in, just get our feelings out right away. And Nick, welcome to the show on a a not-so-happy Fairbanks Friday. So it's either we're winning or we have devastating losses when I come on. So I, I don't know. I, I guess we're playing with fire a little bit. But thanks for having me back. Um, not a lot to say about this one except for it's very disappointing. Um, 
Florida decided to play 20 minutes. Craig Anderson showed them what he was. You know, he was the number one goaltender for Ottawa for many years. He backed up Thomas Volkun, took his job for a little bit, and then, you know, went off into free agency. Um, you know, people will say, well, we, had, we didn't have Barkov, we didn't have Bennett, we didn't have our top two centers. It doesn't matter. It, it really doesn't. You know, you had a team that played last night against Tampa and had to go into overtime. They should have been tired. They should have looked like they were out of gas. They didn't look out of gas to me. They, they looked like they played a solid game as far as keeping the Panthers outside, not allowing any kind of chances in the middle. And Florida had a few breakdowns, and it wasn't Sergei Bobrovsky's fault tonight. He, um, he definitely kept them in it. But uh, as you said, backbreaking, to say the least, um, for this season so far. Yeah, and, you know, it was, it was very encouraging after, after the first period where for the first half of that first period, the Buffalo Sabres were dominating the possession, and then the, the Panthers were starting to to get it going later on. Of course, let's not forget to mention the, the return of Anthony Duclair to the lineup, which was a just a great boost to, to this lineup. He was part of the ceremonial puck drop for Black History Night for the Florida Panthers there. And Sergey Bobrovsky, so many times in the beginning, especially where he was having to be at the top of his crease, I, I don't I don't remember a period where you have you've had to see Sergey Bobrovsky use the poke check, even in one period to 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 get the puck out of the uh, out of the inner inner slot for for the Panthers as well. And the the Buffalo Sabers were just living in it of uh, uh, Tage Thompson with those two assists and and really it was just mental errors where it was really on the on the Panthers near the blue line and Randy Muller was talking about how the Panthers were starting to chip it in uh more so they weren't so they could avoid those turnovers at the blue line causing because we know Buffalo is a very fast team as well and they were showing replays of Gus Forsling um being on Tage Thompson every time he stepped on the ice as well and there's only so much that you could contain out of them and of course the Panthers are still at, at times being kept to one side and then there's open ice for someone to go in on Sergey Bobrovsky which Sergey Bobrovsky did as as great as you could I mean the third goal you can kind of blame on him for going a little too low and then it bouncing off his shoulder and then a lot of missed opportunities right at the net Denisenko had a, a great opportunity out of the penalty box as well Duclair even though he it's his first game back I'm not going to put too much on him to, to a few times where he missed the net uh and then really it was really not until the third period where the panthers were getting their grade a opportunities i mean eric Stahl had a great backhand uh, pass to brandon montour right in front there was an opportunity on ryan lomberg where craig anderson sprawled out <laughs> with, with the two-leg uh pad save too and just uh it was really it wasn't really until the last 20 minutes where the panthers were really sustaining were really putting pressure on craig anderson yeah, and uh, I'm glad you mentioned the uh, two stack pad, uh, the two pad stack uh, that Craig Anderson put out because I felt like you know with Bobrovsky also doing the uh, poke check, you know it's kind of like Back to the Future. You know you don't really see that too much anymore. You saw it in the 70s, 80s, and partially the 90s, but you know once goaltending started, you know changing and evolving to more of you know the, you know I'm going to drop to my knees in butterfly position, um, you know cover everything down low, but you know leave every corner up. 
um, you know, these players are just so skilled that they can, you know, put it off a shoulder, put it off a helmet, and, you know, it's not a big thing anymore. So um, Florida just didn't have it. Uh, they should have been on top of Buffalo from the start. Um, they definitely, you know, threw every shot they could at them, but it doesn't matter when you're shooting from like 50, 60 feet away. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's, you know, to Chuck didn't really get any shots off. I mean, he did have that one breakaway, but, you know, I think Craig Anderson baited him into going to five hole and, you know, he saved it. Um, but you can definitely say that Buffalo took advantage of their chances. They put three in the net and Florida was only able to put one in the net. And, you know, you can say that Anthony Duclair made the right play. And it was probably the only open play outside of maybe the couple of breakaways the Panthers had um, that they uh, they had an opportunity to score, like in a grade eight um, scoring chance. So um, we'll see what happens because, you know, they were off for three days. And guess what? They don't play till Tuesday now. And guess who they're playing? Tampa Bay. And I have to wonder if the reason why Barkov and Bennett didn't play is because maybe the coaching staff thought that maybe we can take Buffalo without them and we need them for Tampa Bay. We need them 100% for Tampa. If that's true, I am not a, ha- I am not a happy Panthers fan right now. Mm-hmm. You got to win the games that are in front of you and you have to beat the teams that are chasing after you. That it, It's inexcusable. Barkov should be playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the, the, there's only so much we could uh, speculate uh, with that. Correct. That's a whole uh, can of worms to open if we dig deep in, in, into that. But with uh, with just the inconsistencies with uh, reporting injuries, and let, let's also not let's also mention that the first pair, Forsling and Ekblad, basically every goal, even the goal that was uh, disallowed <laughs> due to offside, that was that was where Ekblad and Forsling were on, on the ice again. And they were just uh, walked and Etu can't break up a stretch pass. And then Thompson uh, uh, sets up Yoki Haru on that one, but that was disallowed due to offside. And then of course uh, the, just a really dumb penalty for, for, for Hagee to push Rasmus Stalin into his own, yeah. into his own goaltender, just silly mistakes. Matthew Kachuk, I felt at times were was trying too hard to, uh, create a, a stretch pass that caused there was one that was he as he was trying to enter to enter to the zone i think it was jeff skinner that had a chance on bobrovsky but bobrovsky was able to stop that uh as well and um yeah just that 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 top pair was just they didn't have it they didn't have it tonight as well for the panthers not just the forwards that were that were on the ice but it was that top pair too so one thing i i'll say before i get into the whole top pairing thing is that Buffalo took away the neutral zone, all the passes and all the plays that they tried that the Panthers tried to develop. It wasn't happening at all. They had trouble dumping the puck in. They had trouble maintaining even possession in the neutral zone. And yet when Buffalo got it, Florida kind of just took a step back because they knew that they were going to be coming with speed. So it was easier for them to enter the zone or dump the puck in um, and gain possession that way. Now for the top pairing, Gus Forsling was on Tage Thompson the whole time. All right. Mm-hmm. Lucky for us, he only scored two assists. He didn't score. All right. What more can we ask of Gus Forsling this season? Because he's playing with Aaron Ekblad right now. 
Aaron is a shell of himself. He can barely play defense right now. And he just is not making the right decisions with either passes, shots, or even just simple defensive plays. And I know it's very hard to criticize or call somebody out for their play, but he's definitely taken a step back this season and it's hurting the Panthers. Um, the previous seasons where he's gotten hurt, he's been that piece where like, hey, we, we need him, we're going to have him, and we can win a playoff series or we can beat Tampa. Well, last year we kind of proved that that's not true. And um, he's a liability now. And unless he's scoring, what do you do with him? I, I, I don't know. Um, maybe maybe consider changing – putting Forsling Montour maybe even as as the top pair you got to consider it I don't know if Paul Maurice will do it but you you gotta maybe consider that uh for for sure maybe maybe but um just not a good performance by that top line that top pair for for the Florida Panthers but we're going to transition to segment number two where we're going to discuss where where which direction the Panthers should go now uh, with uh, with the March 3rd trade deadline, which is a week from today. And this is a back as a backbreaking loss for the Panthers. We're going to discuss this next here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. But first, we're going to tell you all about Built Bar. And if you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try Built Bar. What makes Bilt Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. They come in unbelievably flavor, unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Bilt does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they're healthy. 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your built bars at built.com. Now you can get it at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart and walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of built bars. You can pick up a four bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, and coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13 bar box with our hit flavors brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. Segment number two on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, where the Florida Panthers are coming off a 3-1 loss against the Buffalo Sabres and are on the outside looking in, especially points percentage-wise. That points percentage does not look good at all for the, for the Panthers. Now they're behind Pittsburgh, Detroit, the Islanders who lost tonight, and now Buffalo. They're ahead of Washington, but Washington is now in retool mode with trading Dimitri Orloff and Garnet Hathaway to the Boston Bruins. And first time that Alex Ovechkin has dealt with the six-game losing streak while on the Capitals, but a caveat of him not being there. But there's only two games in between now and the trade deadline, Nick. <laughs> Lots... The games in hand, more games in hand will be made up this this weekend. I, I don't know them on the top of my head, but I know Buffalo plays Washington on on Sunday at one p.m. I was I was I was I was looking forward to my Sunday like a Panthers scoreboard watch triple header on, on Sunday. 
like Washington versus Buffalo, New York versus Winnipeg, and then Tampa versus Pittsburgh. But how much of that actually matters now? I I, I don't know. And and Pittsburgh plays St. Louis uh, tomorrow, and that and Tampa plays Detroit. A lot of back-to-back matinees. I really don't know how much of it matters for the Panthers right now. I really don't know. Um, I guess it matters in the way of what Bill Zito thinks he needs to do for this organization going forward. Um, I mean, I think you and I are kind of reside to the fate that this is not going to be the season. And I think we all kind of knew that, but you know, we can't, you know, help ourselves, but hope or, yes, you know, <laughs> want, want the team to, you know, make the playoffs and everything after what they did last year. But, you know, you got to th- look at your team and decide what you want to do, um, what your identity is going to be going forward. Uh, Cause I don't think they really have one this season. I think they were just kind of, you know, going through the motions, uh, going through injuries and just trying to figure things out. Um, so, you know, you have to think of the trade chips that the Panthers have. I mean, what's uh, what's a player like Gudis going to get back if he's going to go somewhere? Um, mm-hmm. Is he going to, is he going to get a third rounder? Some people say you might get a second. I don't see it. I honestly don't see a second rounder. I don't um, see it either. You know, uh, you're going to trade Cousins. You're going to trade one of the stalls or both stalls. Um, I mean, I know we kind of called for that, or at least I called for that <laughs> earlier this season. Um, you know, Reinhardt's name keeps popping up, although I don't really feel that he's on the chopping block. I think, again, a lot of these players who have the bigger contracts are here to stay, and they're part of the group that they want to move forward with. So, um, personally to me, start playing the young kids. You got to see what you got out of them. Start putting Donisenko in positions that he's not on the third or fourth line, on a checking line. Um, start bringing up some of the younger defensemen and just see what you have going into next season because there's no other point now. I mean, you know, if you start winning some games, that's great, but we don't have a first-round pick. It doesn't matter. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, and let's go back to the identity statement of yours because Kachuk is picking up points, and a lot of it is – which is not a, necessarily a bad thing off improvisation a lot of times, which it's a blessing uh, mm-hmm. to have on this team. But as far as the way they're losing at times, if it's not one thing, it's the other. Mm-hmm. It, it, the Panthers aren't trading chances all the time like they were last season. Of, of course, we can't expect that with turnover and the coaching change as well. Power play was only was great in one stretch all season penalty kill was only great in one stretch which was just only for like a week or two but and and goaltending and goaltending great tour after mid-december but they were put behind the eight ball early on Mm -hmm. and this is what I know, I know this loss is fresh for, for, for the Panthers, but then you look back at October, November, <laughs> losing to Arizona, <laughs> Chicago, I'm, I'm Columbus. on another one, Columbus, Philadelphia. This, this loss doesn't hurt as much if those don't happen, but this is, this kind of feels like in a way this one 
tonight kind of feels like a dagger in a way. It does because the games that you should have won against, let's call it what it is, lottery teams, you couldn't scrape out a win. You could barely scrape out a win against the Anaheim Ducks who are literally going to probably get the first pick. I mean, with how bad they are. I mean, I feel bad for Gibson. He stood on his head and he still Mm -hmm. lost. Okay. You, you need to beat the teams that you're supposed to beat and you're supposed to grind out the games that are going to be close or that are going to be tough. I feel like the Panthers are doing the exact opposite. They're losing the games that they should be winning and they're grinding out games that maybe they should be winning. You know, like I just, I don't feel the urgency isn't there. It's not like it was last season where every time they stepped on the ice, we felt like they just, it was go. Um, And I realize, you know, we can't just compare that team, that coaching staff, that, that group with this group, but these are professionals, you know, they, they get paid to do what they do best and that's perform and put a puck in the back of the net. Now they are going against other professionals, but still give a damn once in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, just with, with this one, with you would think that the legs would be going with, Oh no. <laughs> with, and it just goes to show that players are also creatures of habit where when they're playing so much and not that it's not, not saying this as an excuse, mm-hmm. but when they're playing constantly, they're more, more in that groove and not, and the three days off, it, it, it hurt them tonight and going to Tampa now, which is actually a good way to segue. Um, into segment number three your 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 rhythm is probably going to be even more off with the tampa bay lightning playing two more games before you face off against them so let's actually transition over to segment number three where we're gonna discuss more of of this loss and whatever wherever and wherever our mind takes (laughs) us we'll be discussing that next here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Third and final segment here on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, where the Florida Panthers lose to the Buffalo Sabres by a final score of 3-1 to one at home. And once again, we talk about backbreaking. And... Let's just, before we do, uh, other roster moves for the Panthers is uh, Giovanni Smith was placed on LTIR after he was hit in the puck with a, hit with a puck in the face on Monday against Anaheim. Of course, uh, Dalpy and Denisenko were recalled. And, but one other transaction that happened was Alex Lyon being brought up to the Panthers. And originally we were thinking that Spencer Knight was being sent down to get more reps. We were thinking this was a good thing for the, for the Florida Panthers uh, and Spencer Knight. He gets more, he gets more games in under his belt 
gets more reps. But a few hours before the game, the NHL and the NHLPA announced that Spencer Knight will be entering the NHL's Players Assistance Program. And George Richards put out an article uh, on Florida Hockey Now saying that he doesn't think it's alcohol or drug-related. So from a team perspective, it's like a it when it rains, it pours on a night like tonight. But we knew this hours before the even the game and we would have we would have been chatting about this win or lose uh either way but as far as spencer and his well-being i'm cheering i'm cheering i'm cheering for him and these are human beings before they do step on the ice and uh i i we've seen players like Carey Price go into it recently and also Jacob Verana of the Detroit Red Wings as well. And with Spencer Knight being 21 years old, being a first round pick, having success very early in 2021 going four, one and one. And then of course the pressures that come with being a, a on, on the verge of being the number one guy. I could see how maybe a lot of that might have gotten to him emotionally and of course not starting for a month. And maybe now we can see why the performance on the ice wasn't where it was due to things that he was dealing with, which we don't know all the details, obviously, but uh, we could kind of see how the on ice performance was affected from things possibly off the ice. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it was kind of a shock, um, I think, to all of us that that was the announcement. Um, You know, I think it was yesterday that I put out a tweet saying that I think this is the best thing for him to go down to Charlotte, and there's no shame in it, and that he just, he needs to play. He needs to find success. He needs to regain his confidence, and you just wonder with somebody like that who's basically won everywhere he's gone, He's been the top guy. He's always been that that calm. He doesn't let things, you know, get to him. When you don't play for as long as, you know, he hasn't, and he hasn't had a consistent playing schedule since he's been with Florida, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been behind Bob in that contract, and that's not Bob's fault at all. Yeah. Let, let's just not, put that not. out there. But that can be hard to take. That can be a hard pill to take. I mean – Bill Zito had to do what he had to do this season, this offseason, and sign him. You know, what was he going to do? Let him, you know, go off there, hopefully, and go be an RFA and not have any, uh, not have a chance to extend him later on because maybe he wants out. Um, not saying that he does, but, you know, there's something going on there. And, you know, I'm glad that he has taken the time or he's taking this option that's given to him that he can take a breather. He can step away from the game and get the help that he needs. Um, and I think this is a serious issue, not just, you know, with hockey and hockey players, but I think with everybody, you know, I think over the last couple of years, we've dealt with a lot of things and a lot of, you know, things out of our control that we don't know how to handle. And, you know, maybe our work life has gotten harder. Personal lives have gotten harder. And, some people may feel trapped by that. 
and they don't have anywhere else to go or they feel like, you know, if I take this step or if I go into this program, then am I weak? Am I doing everybody else a disservice? Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like that self-inflicted thing. And, um, you know, it takes a lot of guts, you know, for doing what he did. And, um, you know, as you said, you know, us fans are behind him. And, uh, you know, I changed my Twitter pick to him. And uh, I hope that's a moment that we can start, you know, going with just to show his, you know, support for him. But, you know, if he needs to step away until, you know, the end of the season or next year, more power to him. Yeah, and I think about this. When COVID was first hitting, he was he was in his last year of college, too. Just about mm-hmm. to sign his ELC with, with the Panthers. And I and I was in college not too long ago, uh, and seeing the transformation, not only in moving, and your schedule, think the things you got to work on, in the classroom and and going on and going on the ice as well, the transition period too. And let's not also forget, his brain is not fully developed neither yet. Most mm-hmm. men men a, a man's brain doesn't fully develop really until 25. He's four years away from that as well. Mm -hmm. Let's not forget that. But the fact that he's doing it now, in my opinion, is a very encouraging sign that he, that he, that he's doing what the fact that he's doing it now, because just imagine if he's doing this 10 years in, into his career and, who in in a in a spot where it could be too late for him that his 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 health his could be in shambles and the fact that he's doing that and recognizing it at 21 years old more power to him because we and this might be an unpopular opinion but everyone has some sort of trauma in in their life and mm-hmm. it, it it took me it took me later than 21 years old to realize that I might have had my fair share and then going to get the help that I needed. It's funny if you, uh, not funny, but if you go to my Twitter page, my pin tweet is name a flex that you did in 2022. And my pin tweet is I started seeing a therapist hashtag and the stigma. Mm-hmm. So I, I want you all to know that, I want everyone as in the listeners that it's okay to not be okay. That with Spencer, he has so much time to, to get back into the crease, to, to try to be the best person that he can. And let's talk about the position of goaltending too, about how right you got to be upstairs to, for your move for your lateral movement to be there as well. And if things are off the off the ice are are getting to you, then it's gonna affect your play as well. And you get and th- this is also why I want to study more of the psychology of the goaltender as well, which I, w- I would love to hit up my our friend David Dork uh, more about that um, <laughs> for, for sure. And and just see what he has to say about that. But just the the mental side of it is just 
it's it's more than it's more than anything. Definitely is because you know they could be the difference between a win or a loss. You know, they are the last man standing. They are the ones that are supposed to be stopping the puck. And, you know, when you're not having a lot of luck or you're not playing a lot, you know, maybe things start creeping into your head. Maybe you start thinking about things. And once that happens, it's very hard to get out. So, you know, um, as you said, you know, the fact that he's 21 and he's getting this help now instead of waiting till he's 30, 31, 32, and just holding on to all that baggage. Um it's a good thing that he's doing it now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just hope everybody's behind him. I hope everybody in the hockey community is behind him. Um, you know, I know that there's going to be those arrogant fans that say, you know, like back in my day, you know, we didn't have any of this and people just, you know, worked or they did what they had to do. Gross. <laughs> We're not in that period anymore, man. And it's not healthy. I mean, it, it's been proven. It's not healthy. Um, and a lot of the things that we're now just discovering about, you know, those mental health issues and, you know, those lapses really do affect you later in life. Um, and we just need to start taking care of each other and being kinder to one another. So mm-hmm. Spencer, we're behind you, bud. We, we definitely are. And, and, hoping for a speedy recovery and i'm so glad that during the national anthem today that there was an even louder night when 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 that part came during the anthem and i hope that's like that the the rest of the season and and even when he does make his uh return to the lineup but we have plenty of time in between these next few days to um to preview and talk about the next game for the florida panthers versus the tampa bay lightning they'll have three days of rest Unfortunately, the Panthers dropped three to one against the Buffalo Sabres and the playoff picture is going to look more clear on Tuesday and it might not look pretty um, for for the Panthers. But now they face two must wins uh, right before the trade deadline. And who knows? Maybe we could see the Panthers even sell off more uh, before that time. But Nick, I want to thank you so much for joining me on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Thank you for also having this conversation with me about mental health and all that as well, along with breaking down this game for the Panthers. So tell everybody where they can find you online. Uh, always appreciate it and uh, always willing to talk about the tough issues, um, you know, with you, any fans or anybody out there who um, is finding trouble out there, you know, with either in their mind or their life. Um there's always help there if you if you need it or if you want it. I know the hardest thing is to ask, but if you just do it, you'll find a whole world of people willing to help. So um, with that, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Prudential Zero. Hope uh, to get more interactions on there and everything about either the Panthers or life. But um, Armando, thank you again for having me on, and uh, I'll see you next week. Hopefully we'll be celebrating uh, two wins next week. Yep. Uh, ho- hope, to, hope, hope that's the case. But Nick, thank you so much, and I'll see you next week. See you next week. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Locked On NHL Network, including Locked On NHL, Locked On Fancy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steel Roden, and Locked On 
NHL prospects. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Locked On Sports Today. Peter Bukowski brings you a 20-minute or less podcast on the entirety of the sports scene. Follow Locked On Sports Today on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. So I'm Armando Velez with Nick Fairbanks. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.